Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, y'all, welcome back to Concerning the Spiritual in Art. I'm Martin Benson, and today I have uh, visual artist Daniel Zeller on the podcast, and we had an incredibly enriching conversation that went to a lot of places. Um, we began the conversation kind of centering around his work and his interest in sort of the macrocosmic and microcosmic scales of perspective um, and sort of how these things are so self-similar. Um, but then we kind of started to move away from not only his work, but sort of things that surround the ideas within his work, thinking about flow states and meditation, deep psychedelic experiences. He told a great story of a psychedelic experience that he had um, when he was younger that really kind of changed his relationship to the natural world um, for good and for the better. Um, then we kind of got into talking a little bit about sort of this cultural moment that we're in and sort of how we're trying to find the wisdom within all the knowledge and the technology that we've developed. Like, how do we cultivate wisdom to implement those things in a way that can help us move forward culturally? So a lot of really enriching conversation that happened. I was really like enlivened by it at the end, just super excited and inspired. And uh, I hope you all will be too. Um, so y'all hope you enjoy the episode. Here's Daniel Zeller. All right, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this morning? Thanks, Martin. I'm well, and yourself? Yeah, doing good. I'm good, super, good. like I was saying earlier in our sort of initial introduction off, off record, just super excited to connect with you and to learn more about your work and your process. And one of the things when I, when I came across your work that just like blew my mind is how you kind of play with this relationship of micro and macro, like exploring satellite imagery, but yet also like imagery under microscopes and seeing like how these things actually mirror each other in some crazy fractal way. Um, I'm curious sort of like how you got drawn into that as an interest for art making. Um, that's, you know, that's sort of the basis of what I do is, is those, those sources are interesting to me because, you know, this, this age we live in, which I, I sort of think of as a, a stage along our evolution, going back to how we evolved and, you know, came out of the ocean and roamed around in the trees for, for millennia. And that's, that's what we're designed to do. Now we have these tools, which allow us to see the great distance into the galaxies and the great distance into what we formerly couldn't see at all, yeah. which is the basis of life. You know, I remember my first experience with a microscope, looking at a leaf, seeing that there's the structure there of these cells and there's an organization and a grid and a system of feeding all these cells. And it, it mirrors our civilization and how we build roads and feed our, our towns and our cities and all that. So the satellite imagery and the microscopic imagery sort of they're they're almost one in the same in that sense you know they're they're looking at things from distances that we previously couldn't see so you know we've always been looking towards the horizon we've always had a frontier that's unknown and now we have these tools that allow us to know everything i mean i, I spent a lot of time on google earth i i explored nice. the amazon wow. the amazon is this vast you know place with these rivers that run through it and they meander along and and it's incredible and it's it's all this detail is there and yet it looks almost uh homogenous from a certain distance you see this just field of green but it's composed of this crazy web of interconnected life and it's all you know it's all connected through the water and anyway i can go on on and on with no that. yeah i mean to me <laughs> that's such a fascinating uh, thing to be able to explore in these modern times, like you're saying, like our invention of these tools have granted us a perspective that we have never had before. Right. And right. what and what I see that we're finding is like this self similarity in systems that are mm -hmm. just organically evolved out of right. some right. magical process that we call life. Right. And right. it's just for me, it's like when we look at these images and we see like the fractal relationship between like branches of a tree and then the deep roots or how mm -hmm. rivers meander mm -hmm. from a satellite image to the way that like 
mycelial networks kind of splay out underneath in the soil. Like everything is mirroring each other in this magical Mm -hmm. way. And I think that as we get into the realm of quantum physics, which like, you know, in the 20th century, 20th century, and I think the 21st century is going to be like a big game changer in that mm-hmm. regard, things just keep getting smaller and vaster and more complex. Right. And yet there's still this simple interconnectedness of it all. I don't know. It blows my mind. Yeah. When I see it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's, you were, you brought up the mycelium and it's, you know, the, the research now is, it's coming to light and, and it's all this interchange between the, the forest and this network underneath it. It's all, it's a symbiotic relationship that we we sort of knew was there, but now we're really finding out the details of how it works and how important all that is. Yes. And so it's it's pretty incredible time, and at the same time, we're just destroying all of it. So it's, it's really like at the moment we're learning so much and how things work. We're also learning how we're we're dismantling it and how it's going to affect us down the road. It's, I know it's it's, a, it's an interesting and, like. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's really interesting, interesting paradox. Time. Yeah, yep. Yep. because it's like we have all this knowledge, right? But we're lacking wisdom. Yeah, and I think like knowledge is like another tool for us to like understand our relationship mm-hmm. to reality. But like wisdom is more of like a deeper sense of like the interrelatedness like you said like interconnectedness of all things like if i push a button here it's going to do this there and if i do Mm -hmm. this here it's going to do that and so i think we're lacking the humility to to step back a little bit with this hyper intensive technological evolution to be like wait wait what exactly are we doing like we're not really sure we're almost like apes just pushing buttons and be like yeah we're still most of us still are i mean you know we, we we meet our needs and our needs are to get food and to have shelter and to see our loved ones. And so we've got these tools now that available to everybody. We can all travel by car. We can all, you know, go to the supermarket and buy the apples that come from 3000 miles away. And, you know, I do it too. And and we're all guilty of it, but it's also, it's a huge problem. How how are we going to solve these kind of exactly systems that we've built in order to to uh maximize our use of the natural world while we're sort of dismantling it at the same time so i know well yeah the term sustainability is like the big term that's going around but still like i think that there's a lack of really like deep understanding of like what that looks like and i think we're Mm -hmm. figuring it out i think that's part of yeah there's there's a lot of positive stuff going on that could solve it at the same time we're you know i'm I'm just hoping we're not too late <laughs> yeah i mean for me i think that this evolutionary road will continue to march on whether yeah. we're a part of it or not right. that's the question right. you know, i think like, some of us will get through it but yeah i don't know how many <laughs> i think it but what's interesting is like becoming as i'm i'm sure you are as an artist like becoming more intimate with sort of the these systems in some way even if you're just exploring them from like a visual perspective maybe there's something happening on like a deep cellular level like within your dna like a recognition of this like magical relationship that exists between life and like mm. maybe like as you explore these forms you're in some sense like decoding like your own relationship to it in like a really deep way and i feel like when i look at your work i feel that resonance i feel that intimacy with these forms in some way because obviously when you look at them they take so much time and dedication Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you can't just whip these things up in an hour you know um can you maybe speak a little bit about your relationship to like your process and like sort of the mentality you bring to the way you create these works because they're so vast looking like the complexity mm-hmm. in them is just mind blowing. And, and I don't know, I'm just curious. I think people would be interested in understanding sort of the mentality you bring to your own process. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the core of what I do is really the process. I mean, it's, it's um, the, the drawings. I, I like to think that they're built um, in a way I, I'm, I'm, I come actually out of a sculptural background uh, okay. originally. Well, I, actually, originally I was drawing from the age I could, you know, as early as I can remember. Mm. So I, I've always had that sort of just 
visual way of just figuring stuff out in, yeah. in a way. And I've always been interested in this kind of uh, map maps and schematic imagery. Any way we we use to sort of plan or represent the world um, outside of photography. I mean, mm -hmm. that's we're we're figuring things out. We're planning. Where where do we go? How do I communicate that to someone else so that they can go there? Mm -hmm. Or they can build this thing that I have an idea for. I mean, I yeah. have a little bit of a drafting background, so there's that. Um, but I think I build the drawings in a way that's um, I, I I draw. So I use a point, and you're basically dragging a point along the surface of the paper. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that it's the most it's the slowest way to build anything. You can't, like you said, you can't rush that. No. <laughs> and it also allows these sort of subconscious um, processes to sort of not guide the work, but inform the work. I think yeah. you know, there, there's a sort of um, getting, it's not a trance, but it's a sort of state where you're a lot of it's automatic. So I'll yeah. have an area that I'm working on and it's these patterns that I'm building. And then you step back and you, you sort of figure out where it's going to go next. And then you step back in and it's it sort of, it's a back and forth like that. But it's really important that it's built in a, in that slow way. I mean, I've tried yeah. to work faster. I've tried to use brushes and bigger strokes and things. And it just, it doesn't have the same, uh, it doesn't end up with the same quality. Mm. And I'm not even concerned about how it ends up. I'm concerned with the moment being there and doing, figuring it out as I go and not knowing yeah. where it's going to go. So it's got to be so exciting. It is and it isn't. And frustrating right, <laughs> at times because you're like, like yeah, how do I bring this thing together, you know? Right. I mean, that's the that's the fun of it is it's it ends up being a puzzle. It's like once I've got something going, like where is it going to go? How am I going to mm -hmm. solve this problem here? And it's all these sort of weird formal things. But yeah. I think um, because the source material is is sort of digested internally and you know, I had a professor, Jerry Kearns, who who pointed out something to me, uh, which I kind of always knew and most of us know, but you only use like five or 10% of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is is working, but you don't know it. Yeah. So what's going on in there and how do you tap into that? Right. And so I, I feel like the way I work is, a, is an effort to sort of tap into that. Yeah. And, you know, it's artists, we use the term intuitive and it's it can be seen as kind of a cop out. It's like you're just moving along, doing whatever. But you know, you really, <laughs> in order to tap into that, you have to let yourself go to a place that's that allows that to come out. Yeah. And that that's not just uh, stuff in there. It's it's your processing your environment. You're processing mm -hmm. all the information you've ever absorbed. So yes, you know that that's that's kind of. So it's kind of like a flow. Would you say you get kind of like, it doesn't happen yeah, all the yeah. time, but essentially you get in this flow state where no, like there's not a hesitation in terms of the action. Like it's just pure right. action right. until you, you know, you get to these sort of like probably points where like you have mm -hmm. to go to the bathroom, you have to get a sip of water. You know what <laughs> yep. I mean? Like someone yeah, yeah, gives yeah. you a call, like, but like you probably have these like moments, whether they're like two minutes long or 10 minutes long, or sometimes maybe even longer where you're just, there is no you anymore. There's just right. what's happening. You're, yeah. And I think yeah. those are the states where like the unconscious processes that like happen start to like release some and they come mm -hmm. through us in some way. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of take the reins a little bit. Um, and I think those are, I mean, everyone knows that feeling when you're in that flow state, whether it's yep. through like athletics, whether it's you're cooking a beautiful meal and you're just totally into the senses of it or again, for us, like making art, like we all, any human can get into that state um, when they concentrate their mind enough, you know? Right. Um, and, and eventually so you're not even concentrating. You don't exactly. have to focus on concentrating. You're just, it, you're in there. Yeah. It's just effortless. It's that effortless mm -hmm. like flow that comes through. And I think that's where like, for me, I think wisdom lies mm -hmm. is in those states. It's like, cause like we have within us you know, this vast history of, of experiences encoded in our DNA passed down to us from person to person to person. 
and like deep memories. I, I'm really fascinated with like these new fields in epigenetics where we're mm-hmm. thinking about like even memories or traumatic experiences right, or right. positive ones all encoded in the DNA of our ancestors passed down through us mm-hmm. and they and they somehow live in us. So there is this deep wisdom of our own like origins. And in some sense, when you're working in these flow states, maybe it unlocks some of that stuff. Do you get that a feeling sometimes? Do you ever have like big insights like that have nothing to do with like the work you're making, but all of a sudden you're in this flow state and then some something just bubbles up in your consciousness that blows your mind? Does that ever happen yeah. to you? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. And the, it's it's usually kind of transitory. It's like, wow. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, it's gone. <laughs> but, yeah. But like yeah, all things. <laughs> but that also gets reabsorbed into you and you it's you know it's learning so you yeah you you integrate that into what you're doing moving forward yeah so yeah and, definitely. and compositionally like because i mean you're you're moving like so you're creating these works you get in these flow states and you're kind of again like getting out of your own way and letting the process kind of unfold on its own but then when you get back in these moments because you know a lot of things that people don't realize about artists is that we're visual problem solvers too like we're mm-hmm. constantly having to solve visual problems um when we when we notice them like is yeah. there in terms of composition or like uh, um that you're sort of mirroring maybe some like images that you've seen like are you taking like directly like source imagery and trying to mimic some of the compositions of maybe mm-hmm. some images you mm-hmm. see or how do you approach that part of your your work so i have done some of that in the past i've actually i've used projections and traced out outlines of things satellite imagery especially mm-hmm. and built drawings off of those skeletons and it, it works best i think when the resulting imagery is kind of buried or obscured mm-hmm. um, i don't like to be too literal with things for sure but uh, it's still, it's a framework to build off of. But for the most part, no, I almost try to do the opposite. I I try to really obscure things so that the source material is in there, but you don't recognize it. Yeah. You do recognize it and you don't. And that's the yeah. sort of ambiguous place I want the viewer to be in. It's like, sure. what am I looking at? I recognize yeah. it, but at the same time, I have no idea what it is. So yeah. it's the vocabulary of these sources the topographic maps and the schematic mm-hmm. diagrams and the satellite imagery and the, all that stuff it just gets stirred together and spit back out and those connections are, are sort of built into that process i guess you would say wow. and it, that I makes a lot more sense when i look at your work because mm-hmm. like i see you know we're recognizing some of these pattern formations that exist like when you look at like how Again, like even um, if you look at like how fungi like kind of like propagates on top of like a tree bark, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like those little patterns there. Right, that right. You see. But like sometimes, like especially in like the works that you have with the ink on them, uh, with color, you'll have these like kind of explosive marks that come out on top mm-hmm. of these patterns and some way mm-hmm. like disrupting the pattern, creating some like nice visual tension right, in there. Right, Yeah, what I is, mean, you're... Mm-hmm. that's and then that's also the fun of it is is working with these patterns and this kind of again that's not trance-like state but this repetitive place that you can get into and then the idea is almost to set up these rules and and break them it's like yes. where do i break the rule and what's going to mm-hmm. happen then and that what's that going to teach me about the next place where this happens because now you're just developing a new pattern right exactly so there are patterns overlaid patterns and overlaid patterns and they they combine they integrate they inform each other they pull from each other it's you know every drawing i do it seems like i'm brand i could branch off 10 different directions in the next drawing so it's wow. almost exponential and it's and it, at the same time i'm making the same drawing over and over because right. really it's just a process of mm-hmm. working on paper and not knowing where it's going to go so yeah it's interesting. It's like this, this principle, I think of like this principle of like creation and destruction and like the, mm-hmm. the harmony between these things. Like if we look at like, again, how let's like look back at like the evolution of our planet itself, it came about through very destructive processes, Indeed. but like, you know what I mean? So like you volcanoes erupting, like still going on, impacts, yep. still going yep. on right? Like yep. the volcano happening, that's a major eruption happening in Hawaii. Like this is how yep. things are formed. You know, I think of a lot of times I'm really interested in like Eastern philosophy. So I think mm-hmm. of like 
the principle of like the the triad in, in Hinduism, you know, where mm-hmm. you have Vishnu, Brahma, and Shiva, you know, creation, preservation, and destruction, and how right. these are these are working together to kind of like create a bigger idea. So again, it's like the micro macro. It's like, yeah, on one level, we look at it, it looks like violent and destructive and crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you zoom out and you see a bigger, let's say a time perspective, because yeah, that's dimension is time. That itself. is the dimension that we tend to miss. We're yes. stuck in our moment. And, you know, if you look back millennia, try to look forwards millennia, you see that you're just a blip and what part are you going to play in it? Right. And you see these patterns though, too, these sort of cycles of time mm-hmm. or these sort of cycles right. of creation and destruction even yeah. like when i look at think about like civilization right yep. we're yep. in a pretty fragile moment i would say yep. and you look at how civilizations arise and fall arise and fall arise and fall and i think that is part of a bigger sort of experience that's happening outside of like what we can be consciously aware of in the same way like we have these tools now where we can be aware of the micro and the macro spaces like we don't really have those tools necessarily yet to get outside of like the timestamps, you know what I mean? And see those yeah. bigger timestamps yeah. other than like archaeology or looking deep into deep space, but still we're not really understanding what we're looking at, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're starting to. Starting there, to. You know, there's plenty of smart people who are figuring it out and, and they're seeing, you know, the the South American civilizations that rose and fall, they, they deforested their landscape and, that was that for them you know but at the moment they were like look a tree we can use that (laughs) so they didn't have i guess they didn't i'm sure some of them had an understanding of how things were integrated but you know the civilization had its needs and that's what's happening now we have our needs we're understanding what we're doing at the same time it's just we don't have the uh the masses don't have the the basic scientific knowledge to understand what the people who do understand are telling them you yeah. know what i mean no We're, for sure we have this knowledge but our political system won't let that bubble up to the top where the decisions need to be made so exactly it all becomes like bifurcated in us versus them models right which right. are just like keeping us separate yeah. and as We're, you know and i know we are we are one we are inter interrelated mm-hmm. interdependent upon each other upon the natural systems and us like right there's no right. separation between these things there but like isn't any at all and that's that's yeah. what people don't necessarily grasp they yeah they have their needs and they they make their decisions based on fear and if you do that you're making the wrong decision for right. your and for your people that are going to come after you Exactly. Yeah. Fear is a powerful thing. You know, it's like we need to have just enough of it to survive, but right. like it can it's hijack. Built, in, built into us. You know, we, yeah, it, we do need it. We need to run away from that tiger. We need to avoid <laughs> that berry that's going to kill us. But. Exactly. Exactly. But like, it's just interesting to me because I think, you know, we have these systems of understanding the material universe and and these incredible ways through our technology. And but now we're also moving into a space where we're we have I would I, I would call it sort of a technology, but we're understanding that um, through certain compounds we can explore inner space mm, yeah. and the psychological levels of consciousness and sort of our inner relationship between the individual consciousness, the collective consciousness, and how that plays out through compounds like psychedelic medicine. I mean, on this podcast, we definitely don't always dive down into those spaces, but that's something I'm deeply interested in because mm-hmm. we're living in a quote unquote psychedelic renaissance where we're seeing the the research coming out about how these compounds are really helping lots of people who right. are suffering deeply. And I think what I gather from my own experiences with that And my understanding of the data coming out of these trials is that people come out of those experiences understanding in a deeper, more intuitive level, the interconnectedness of Mm -hmm. life and they feel more supported and not Mm a little less lonely. Um, They feel like they can um, step outside their own ego and see a bigger perspective of like where their relationship with the universe is and it, mm-hmm. it makes it mm-hmm. all better for them yeah. and they can live right. in a more functional way. So that to me is a fascinating yeah. parallel to our times is that this kind of thing is coming back in a time where I feel like we really need it the most. We've, we've needed it all along. 
was was suppressed (laughs) for sure but yeah i mean these these things are they're certainly they can be dangerous but Mm -hmm. they're also very very enlightening i mean they they open the cliche as they open doors in your mind and so it it kind of does that you know i have a little bit of experience with it when i was younger it's you know i'm i'm by no means an expert in any of this right yeah. i didn't you know i didn't go crazy with it but uh but my one experience that i remember the most is after eating mushrooms um i somehow ended up i was with good friends you know it was great somehow i ended up on my own and i was outside and i lay down on this giant rock it was nighttime and i i just sat back and and somehow I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of semantics here that I have to be careful with. For sure. Because when you say I became, I became one with the rock. I don't want to say that because that's not what happened. I, I was the rock Yes. and it absorbed me. And it was the most comfortable thing I've ever experienced. I was inside the rock and I was completely supported and I merged with it. And so it wasn't me and the rock. It was, I was the rock and I was staring up at the night sky and the stars and they just the stars all spread apart and just made this giant hole in the middle this black hole and it wasn't frightening i was like that's you know this is the universe and it's both welcoming and scary but you know we have our place in it yeah it's our nothing to it's our home we're here we're part we're not part of it we are it and that's like you said it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom Yes. It's no you can read all the books and know that we're part of the environment, but we're not part of it. We are the environment. And that's yeah. that's the tricky semantic thing that I find with with politics and how we deal with these issues. Yes. You know, when you when people talk about environmentalists, they're like, oh, they're trying to save the trees or whatever. No, they're trying to save us. They're trying to save <laughs> the whole integrated part of it. And yes. so it's it drives me crazy when these are used as wedges like oh they want to take your jobs because they're trying to save that forest and the loggers aren't happy because they can't cut down the logs you know that's all true you know yeah but you know we got to start acting like it's not you know us against them it's us for us and it's all one thing so oh man that's amazing dude i i think i know exactly what you mean especially i think the psychedelic experience is like impossible to really talk about with you anybody I mean, who's never know, like had that right that feeling wash over them and that experience mm-hmm. you know it's like i try to like when i explain it to like i have some friends who are hesitant to mm-hmm. explore it and i i know you know i just know just you know you want to be careful with this stuff like especially sure. depending on your your you know your health history mm-hmm. your background yep. set and setting dosage all those things are so important you're playing yes. with you're playing Russian roulette if you're just yeah. kind of taking a bunch and going to a party. Now, some people can do that. I'm no judgment, but I think for the most people, we need to be really thoughtful and intentional. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like for me, I was trying to like, dude, it's like, imagine you're, you were born blind and I'm trying to explain to you the color red. Mm-hmm. There's no word, There's no even if I'm the greatest poet of all time, <laughs> yeah. there is no word I can use Lang- to equate. Which doesn't to work. Yep. It doesn't work. It falls apart, you know? And so for me, like the, but the experience of you integrating and becoming one with the rock lives with you forever. Like it's, it's now giving you like, um, for me, when I look at psychedelic experience, I think I don't see them as like the ultimate answer. I see them as like a step along the way to help That's us. That's exactly right. That's exactly because right. Because they, they, for me, they show me like my potential to be one or to love or this potential to yes. transcend my own limitations of the ego. Right. And it's because when you have that potential or you feel that potential, you can actually implement it. Right. It gives you an insight into something that you, it was always there, but mm-hmm. now you see it and and now you can act on it. So now you can work yeah. with it consciously without right, having to exactly. be on any compounds, you know, and that's right, right. ultimately where the, the rubber meets the road. That's yeah. the point is like exactly. to be able to like take these vast sort of like ineffable experiences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but be able to internalize them, integrate them 
and um, implement them into the way that you move through the world so that when you interact with another human, you for, you can you can step outside the fact that you're having some argument over who's right and who's wrong right. and say, you look at the bigger picture. We're, and... we're here together <laughs> right. trying to figure it out. And we are not separate from each other. We are one right. and we are we are of one greater family, you know, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. the family of the whole universe. But like yep. that to me is the game changer in this whole binary system of us versus them. Um, and so the question is always in my mind, it's like, can the psychedelics do the kind of work they need to on the scale they need to in order to shift yeah, consciousness? Yeah, yeah. And that's a big debate in those spaces, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical that we'll get there anytime soon. Um, there's a lot of resistance and, you know, some of it's warranted, but um, well, fear, right? If there's so much fear of it. Yeah. We, you know, our culture, we don't. And there's another word, our culture. We don't have a culture. This country <laughs> does not have a culture. We got a gazillion like conflicting and interconnecting ways of looking at the world and everybody, you know, that's the beauty of, of independent thinking and being mm -hmm. able to do what you want to do and follow what you want to do but it also in terms of how we interact with each other it means we're all on different pages yeah you know and to find some commonality is you know that's that's the sticky part and when we were mm -hmm. all living in our little tribes away, away from each other and we had our religions that held those groups together yeah now we have all these groups trying to vie for you know their allotment of resources or whatever mm -hmm. they feel or defending themselves from some perceived threat whatever yeah. or a real threat yeah so yeah i mean I, I, we've got that experience of knowing the universe as it sort of is but mm -hmm. you know how do you bring that to people and not all of them are going to go down the road of no. psychedelics so how do you and nor should you, they you know nor should they right yeah so how do you bring them i mean i i've dabbled in some meditation and that's a great way to sort of reach those points I, i've gotten just to the point where i can taste that it's there you know yes. like, <laughs> and i don't have the discipline to keep doing it you know i, yeah. I kind of reach that way through my work in a, in a sense mm -hmm. it's different but but i can see that as a path to get there but you Definitely. know again you're not going to get the masses of people to do that either exactly so, you know. yeah it's interesting you know because it's you, I forget where like this idea comes from, but like these like certain like critical masses, like these tipping points where like you see big cultural shifts mm -hmm. and there's, it's never like you need 90% or 80% right. or hundred percent, but it's really like 20 or 30% right. and then the cultural tide shifts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for me, that's an interesting concept. I can't recall in my mind right now, like everything about that idea, but like, it makes sense to me because we're all influencing each other all sure. the time in yeah. some way. And we live right. in a time where, you know, through social media and the internet, yeah. like our interrelatedness is more revealed than ever. But mm -hmm. also through that, like to your point, like our separation is more heightened than ever at the yep. same time, which yep. again is these paradoxes that also yeah. fascinate me too. Yep. It's like these conflicts of ideas that seem to make perfect sense together that the rational mind through language can't can't explain you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i don't know so it's a, it's a, for me like the meditation is definitely like for me that like whether you do psychedelics or not i think meditative practice in some form is so helpful and sort of again sort of calming down and quieting um what they call in neuroscience like the default mode network which is sort right. of what could be like the place of our ego in the physical brain mm -hmm. um these areas where like these patterns of thinking and these sort of um what's the word i'm looking for kind of uh unconscious sort of behavioral tendencies tend to just play themselves out like a like a broken record and we can break we can kind of take the record off the player right you know through meditative practices and play a new song yep. and that changes yep. people's lives so i think that is definitely going to be a big part of this revolution that we need in consciousness to bring wisdom back into the forefront of all the knowledge and technical um, capacities that we have, you know? Right, right, right. 
yeah, we, we need to get a handle on it. <laughs> for sure. But I think <laughs> art is also, for me, art is a way, art can serve as a way to like initiate people into greater perspectives. As sure. Well. Yeah. Right. I mean, like it hope, can open I doors. I yeah. Me too. Like it's an idealist yeah. maybe vision, right. but like I feel it myself. Like when I yeah. see, like, for example, like when I saw your work for the first time, like there's something inside of me that just click. I'm like, man, that is amazing. I can see like exactly like this relationship of like pattern and form on macro micro scales. It, I can see myself in that work in some way on some like cellular level. Like, um, I don't know, it resonated with me and it got me feeling that sense of wonder and awe. Um, but also that humility, I think, um, mm -hmm. that you get when you see mm -hmm. that like, wow, this thing is this universe is so big and we're right. just this poor little me for <laughs> just right. a little bit of for like a, a pinprick of a time mm -hmm. on the span of a football field, you right. know, like what's, what's, what's really going on here. But I think art can be such an incredible tool for us, just like psychedelics, just like meditative practice, just yeah, it's like part of, um, it's part of the continuum. I think so. Yeah. You know, do you feel, do you feel like um, a connection with, any sort of like, can you think like maybe in your past, like any artwork or artists that you came across that just like kind of blew your mind in a way you never expected? Sure, sure. Um, a number of things. I mean, Chris Burden's work, for example, is, is one of my favorite artists. I remember seeing his Medusa's head. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's Vaguely. kind of a big sort of meteor globby shape hanging from a chain and it's just covered in different scales of railroad tracks and wow. model railroads and kind of going through tunnels and surrounding this giant blob <laughs> <laughs> um that that piece blew my mind it was you know it was it's fairly literal his his uh other vietnam memorial as well was was just a transformative piece for me wow um wasn't an answer to maya lynn's vietnam memorial it was more of a, a dialogue with it um if you're not familiar with that piece it, i'm it's, not it's uh it's sort of like a giant rolodex almost it's a it has a central pillar and then it has pages kind of outward from it along mm -hmm. that axis and each page has like i think it was three panels of copper with all the names of the vietnamese and i'm not sure if he actually had the actual names or whether For he sure. made them up I, I i'd have to look into that but you know there was like two million vietnamese died or something like wow. that so we had all those names etched you know in letters that were like you know a centimeter high and and you from a distance it just was a a, a color yeah you had to get up close to see that there were wow. individual names in it, in it and you just see that this vastness of the numbers of names that were there and and there were just like pages that you turned and flipped it was that was amazing to me. yeah yeah because yeah. it shows you like it gives you a sense of perspective of like right. how big like how exactly. big because like we i think that's a big issue we have too is like it's easier to help an individual like if i hear mm -hmm. so and so down the street is has no food in their fridge i'm immediately going to be like let's right. bring them food but if i hear right. 20,000 people don't yeah, have any food it's, like it's beyond I your capacity to do I anything so I don't really understand that number and so like mm -hmm, a sculpture mm -hmm. like that a work like that is really fascinating to kind of use visual form and space to illustrate like the vastness of like, right. what was really lost yes because we abstract these things in our yep, mind right and so it just it hits you like a hammer and yeah and it, it works so yeah well, that's interesting because it, it doesn't really, it's not like related to your art directly, but in some way it is in terms of perspective shifting, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. seeing yeah, time exactly. scales and exactly. space scales yep. in a new, in a new way, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and I think that's something that art can really do for people is shift their perspective in the way that they see themselves in relationship to whatever yes. idea it is that that artist is exploring. And mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. me, like we, we value it, but not really in a way that I think, cause art has now become more about like entertainment when we think yeah, of the arts, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it occupies these two places. Yes. The, the place where you want it to be, where it's enlightening and informative and reaches people. And it's also, there's a marketplace mm -hmm. of, of objects yep. um, and there's a, there 
inevitably there's a, a an interplay there and, a, and there can be conflict and there can be you know but getting the work out to people you know what is it five percent of this country looks at art right what are you going to do with the other 95 percent? you know it, it certainly it influences things that eventually reach yeah. those people so it's not it's not without that value but it's you know it, you're it's a pretty limited audience directly definitely but i think in a time where like we are so obsessed with material and mm -hmm. buying and selling and commodification of everything like that we've lost the sense of like appreciation and value for like where these things come from. For example, like our phones, like if we really knew the reality yep. of what I it know. took to bring <laughs> our phone, to get all the, even just the raw materials and then to manipulate those materials and then put them mm -hmm. together. And then, and then all the software the hardware, everything to right. be in our, like right. we take all that so much for granted, yep. you yep. know? So for me, like, art in itself is really interesting because there's only potentially depending on, you know, what kind of work you make. I do like, there's just one of these things that exist, you know, like we can make copies and sell prints or we can do right. like editions and things. But so to me, that's always an interesting thing as well. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's the product of, uh, of a singular focus on something Yeah, without, without uh, needing a, a system to support it. In a yeah. Way. Yeah, I mean, we're just that's, obsessed with That's not with even this. entirely true because I need paper, which was made in a mm -hmm. mill, and I need right? my pens, which were made in a factory. And, you know, sure, I could take a piece of charcoal and scratch on a on a cave wall too, but... Yeah, you know, that's, that's not where we're at, you <laughs> but know? But I'm, I'm reflecting what I see around me, which is, you know, these, these systems, which are now really visible, so... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that like art has a big role to play. And but like, I think we're obsessed with when I when I said like entertainment earlier, like, you know, the mm -hmm. time that we spend looking at images is really through it's, scrolling, yeah. or Netflix, or, you know, which are cool, like, I love TV, like, I'll watch movies and stuff. But like, we're so oversaturated yeah. with images yeah. Um, yeah. that like, but really, losing it's, a sense of value of the yeah them. no then that's exactly right and it goes back to what I, how i started this with how we evolved by needing to take care of our basic needs and mm -hmm. and we didn't have screens throughout our evolution so no. we're not equipped to deal with this no at all. it's this it's is a, a barrage it's a barrage of stuff coming at you and you have to filter it and you have to figure out what's important and a yeah. lot of it is really seductive and it'll grab you and now you're your two hours of that day is gone. Yep, you know, exactly. What did you get out of it? You were entertained, but where are you now? Exactly. So this is this is a crazy time for that because we're all dealing with it, and I'm watching my son deal with it. Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's finally got a smartphone. How old? You have a, a four-year-old. So you have a four-year-old. Four oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine is almost twelve, and wow. he just got his phone that needs because yeah. he goes to school on his own, and it's. But yeah. this thing, he can't get enough of it. He's I know. Got games on it, and you look stuff up, and it's an incredible wealth of information. Every now and then, he's looking something up, and I'm like, "That's cool. He found something out." Yeah. And then I look at him, and he's absorbed in this mindless game. I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's just killing his brain. Know. What you know? What's going on here?" I know. And it's you know, for you know, I have a hard time with it. You know, Me too, I hate man. the thing. It's like I pick it up because it's there, and I was like, "Let's see if there's a new article on the New York Times." I want to, you know, yeah. And it's just constant, and I find myself just like I can't deal with this thing. I have to put it away, and yeah. And then five minutes later, I'll pick it up again. I know, and you're not even it's, aware you're picking it up. It's right, like right. it's really like it's really interesting because, like, you know, we have like some of the most brilliant minds in psychology and neuroscience mm -hmm. and computer science all working together to make you know, it make it the most active want. addictive thing ever right. so we are fighting against you know yeah. a real yeah. hard uphill battle that's why i think like the uh like going to a museum or a gallery or like yeah. an installation yeah. or a sculpture garden like it slows you down exactly stuff. exactly and it makes you become aware of like nuance and subtlety because mm -hmm. like we our attention spans are so shortened like if we yeah. don't get captured in like a millisecond we're mm -hmm. on to the next thing on the scroll feed yeah and that's, and so, that's really like, that's that's i i find that to be really 
that's that's key right now yeah. <laughs> how do we how do slow you, yeah you know, slow the so mind people down. can think and process the information they need to in order to make decisions that they need to make exactly like we don't have yeah. enough processing time like yeah right. our brains are incredible like the greatest processor there is mm -hmm. and still but we've created some system that's overwhelmed it sure because your your brain has to deal with its input if you're inputting mm -hmm. all this stuff you have to filter it you have to figure yeah. out what's important and, and without exactly. a without again without a base education and knowing how things work i mean the the debate about science and global warming is is nuts. There's there yeah. isn't a debate anymore, and yet <laughs> half of our political system is like just either ignorant or willfully ignorant or doesn't want to admit it or whatever. Or just doesn't know the basics enough to understand what's happening because yeah, you have to really understand how physics works. How does yeah. How does the atmosphere warm? And it's not that complicated, really. No, I know. Carbon, if there's carbon in the atmosphere, the sun heats it up and that sun, that energy doesn't get reflected back to space. So now yep. your atmosphere is warming. And guess what? Yep. That goes into the ocean and the ocean is warming. So you- it's, Inter Integrated systems, right? Yeah, like exactly, exactly. You know, and yeah. so people need that basis of knowledge in order to be able to process the information that's coming at them. Definitely. Otherwise, they're like, ah, they're scientists. They're trying to manipulate me. Right. That's, I know. You know. Again, we're back. Not to everybody's out to them. get you. Yeah. Right. Not everybody's out to get you. There's this mass paranoia that I mm -hmm. think is um, definitely overwhelmed a lot of our, our uh, let's look at just America because, you know, that's where, I, where we live and yes. what we're seeing every day. But like, there's paranoia, but it's on both sides. It's like sure. paranoia sure. against like the status quo, mm -hmm. against these power systems and political class and the wealthy elites. But there's also paranoia against people who think differently or look differently. It's like we need we need to dismantle a lot of the fear, you know, yep. that's happening. You know, I, I don't know what the answers are, but I think what's interesting for me and what I think about personally is that. I feel all the solutions are here right mm -hmm. now at our sure. fingertips to, sure. to, to fix these problems and to move toward a greater harmony and symbiosis mm -hmm. on a cultural societal level that, mm -hmm. again, reflecting the symbiosis and harmony within nature, within our own consciousness. I think all the tools, the technologies are all there. We're lacking the wisdom to implement them. And I think that's what we need more than ever yeah. is that. Yeah. And um I'm not sure where it's going to come from necessarily, you know, but um, I think one thing that we can do as individuals is try to cultivate that wisdom in ourselves. Sure. And in some way that That's can the, be a part of the system. You yeah. Know? It's, it's the, it's, the bare minimum of what we can do, you know, yes, and, at the and very I, that's, least. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm not the best at, you know, proselytizing or getting the word out to other people. I try to do it through my work and I try to, and you responded to it in a way that I hope people yeah. do. You, you, it, it absorbed you, you, you definitely, you were moved by it. And because there's a connection between what you see that I've done, the, the, you know, or any artist does, you, you yeah. see that process, you see within that person, you see something, you make a connection with the person, not not just the artwork. Yeah, you know, the artwork is a it's a language that's communicating mm -hmm. non-verbally, and it yep. and it gives you an insight into somebody's world. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> way of understanding. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Language. Yeah. You know, you may you may have noticed I'm not I'm not great with language. I, the words are in there and they come yeah. out, and sometimes it's a mess. But you know. But it, again, it's it's sort of the semantics of it. You know, I keep going mm -hmm. back to the word environmentalism. You know, we right. aren't we aren't we aren't connecting that way. Yeah. We're we're actually creating a separation when we when we say yeah. the word the environment. We're saying, okay, we're here, and the environment is there. Exactly, and that's an untruth. And so, exactly, it's, it's not the into case to our language. And that's true of so many. I wish I could, you know, there's thousands of examples like that. Oh, yeah. Where Infinite. the language is is built because we need a way to interpret the world and communicate the world. But it's by doing that, we've separated things and we put up totally. walls between things. And so how totally. do you break those down? I mean, it's, I we like have to, to think. 
I like to think I'm doing it a little in my little way by for making sure. these drawings, but you know, it's it's a small thing and but we all play a small we like we said we're a pinprick on the mm-hmm. football field of time you know like right, right, right. we uh, but we all but every part matters right like mm-hmm. if you look at like these systems like if one part of that system broke down then the whole thing kind of loses its symbiosis like everything right, is in, right. it's such a delicate balance mm-hmm. but i think you're so right like language is the limiting factor because we cuz a lot of times you're having let's say a debate with somebody we're not agreeing on what these terms mean. Right, so like right. my idea of what this term means and your idea of this term means not mm-hmm. the same. So when we're talking about so you're, it, you're we're just hitting about the two wall. Different things, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with um, Alan Watts? Do you know Alan Watts? Uh, you would love this guy. He was like yeah. from the 60s and 70s. Like that's where he was like doing most of his teaching. He mm-hmm. kind of like bridge. He's a British philosopher. Um, you can, oh my God, you're going to love this guy. He talk about, I, I know someone, the name and I probably yeah, read something, but I'll, I'll for sure. You'll, yeah. yeah. It'll blow your mind. And cause like there are some people that can use language in a way that mm-hmm. breaks language, right? you know, right. and, yeah, yeah. um, and yeah. he's definitely one of them, probably one of the most skillful, mm-hmm. um, speakers and writers, um, in that way, at mm-hmm. least from my perspective. Um, but I, I feel like you would love the way he used language. He basically, um, he was like an Anglican priest in Britain for a long time. And then he started discovered Eastern philosophy and psychedelics in the sixties. Mm-hmm. And he became like this incredible sort of interpreter and exponent of integrating Eastern philosophy with Western philosophy yeah, and psychedelic culture. Yeah, and like, you can find a million <laughs> of his lectures on YouTube yeah. and online, like, um, the book that uh, really I loved the most that kind of the first one I read was the uh, wisdom of insecurity. So if y'all, y'all out there, if you ever have never read Alan Watts, it's, it's a must. Um, but he uses language in a way that breaks language and, mm-hmm. and reveals to you the limitate limiting factors of what language is. Right. Um, but I think the point at the end of the day, circling back to, you know, the story you told us, like, we have to remember that, like, the, we are the rock. The rock and right. us are one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is no us and them. There is no environment mm-hmm. in us. Like, it is an integrated system. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, and I think your work as an artist is not only exploring this, but also expressing this reality of these integrated systems in a way that, again, we're understanding them non-verbally. And that's a, an, an equally an important way to understand mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. Um, as language is. You know, we give language like as being the pinnacle of how we communicate, but yeah, it's not, in my opinion. I it's think one it's one way and we can't live without it for sure. For but sure. There's a visual language too. Another another piece you know that you had asked me, you know, which which artists I I responded to and, and uh I remember seeing um in the geology department of, of, of the university of Massachusetts, where I went to graduate school. Um, uh, uh, probably a say 10 geologic chart that used different colors to, to delineate different uh, geologic formations or, mm-hmm. or however, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't read it, yeah. but it was this amazing, like just tapestry of, representation of someone's understanding of this part of the world wow and so you know and topographic maps are another thing you know when i when i was a kid i had the four you know the geologic survey they do this maps mm-hmm. and they come in these quadrants and uh and where i grew up outside of new haven was in the corner of one so i was able to put four of them together and wow. uh, so i had this big map on my wall and those they're just packed with detail and there, mm-hmm. it's all the all, all the stuff is there. It's the elevation, mm-hmm. the infrastructure that people have made, where the water is, where it's forested, and so these these systems that we've developed in order to talk about the world in a nonverbal way. It, there's just so much there. Yes. And so you lay that over a uh, you know a schematic diagram of a you know of a some piece of audio equipment or something that some team had to design. And now, you know, you've got these different things and they they seem unrelated, but, but they're just different ways that we've figured out how to communicate visually. Yes. And so those are the things that I find sort of drive 
this ridiculous thing that I do. I mean, what I'm doing is absurd. I mean, and that's <laughs> kind of what I love about it is the yeah. absurdity of like integrating all these things into a thing that isn't any of them. Wow. It's um, amazing. And, and you know, that's for me, that's, it's, a, it's in a way a very selfish act, you know, cause I'm, I'm kind of looking inwards and doing my thing and, and, mm-hmm. and, and digesting this information that I've, I've absorbed. But I think that also gets a, a bad rap. For I've, sure. been, I've been sort of accused of navel gazing and that, that's not completely wrong, but it's also, it is wrong because you're not looking at your own navel. You're, you're integrating all this information that you've, mm-hmm. that you've absorbed through your life. For sure. And, and the, the information that I find most fascinating is how we communicate with each other yeah. visually. Yes. You know, whether it's a, you know, an electron micrograph, which is illuminating some structure that's so small that you'll never see it, yep. but there it is. Now we can. Yeah. So yeah. it exists and this we, is how it exists. Just, yeah. And we just yeah. know as a, as a, as a mass of humanity, we know so much. And yeah. yet none of us can know all of that. So, nope. yeah, so exactly. how do we find what's important and how to, how to weed through it? And so yeah. I'm almost doing the opposite. I'm like taking all of that and making something that is, isn't any of it. What's <laughs> It's just kind of ridiculous. I love though, but that the absurdity or the ridiculousness that it might sound in one perspective is what makes it amazing to me, because that is what makes the human species so incredible in my mind is like that we're drawn to do things like this, you know, mm-hmm. like um, that's what, if there was any sort of separating system, that's what sort of helped. That's what kind of elevates the human consciousness from, or separates it from other co- types of consciousness is that creative um, exploration and something that has no intrinsic survival value mm-hmm. necessarily, mm-hmm. or at least on, on a practical level. But I think on some cosmic consciousness level it is a part of our survival because we're trying to not only express our experiences but to reach out and communicate with others and create a shared um, relationship and in a way that is more akin to how we actually are related you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah so art art for me that's what art does and artists do and you know If someone accuses you of being of that being navel gazing or selfish, then they <laughs> then they fully haven't understood what the self is or what right, you know what I mean right. because like what you're reflecting is what's a part of everyone and everything, and you're exactly. just a portal for that information to filter through your consciousness as mm-hmm. this individual expression of Daniel. But mm-hmm. like you know that that's a limiting thing, and that you're yeah, a part yeah. of something bigger. You know that's expressing itself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you know, people can have their opinions. I have mine. You have yours. Like yeah, that's part of that's, life, and that's exactly right. That's I, I pray it never. It. I pray it never <laughs> stops you from making what you're making, and and continue no, to push no. the boundaries of what Absolutely. you explore. Because yeah, uh, yeah. to me, that's in a world like the one we've been describing a little bit today. I see things like what you're doing as being incredibly even more valuable than ever um, because it's at least pointing toward a way of living that is um, counter to this sort of numbing cultural Mm -hmm. sort Mm -hmm. of system that we've created around materialist, consumerist, capitalist ideologies, you know, Um, where it's always about, um, what is it, infinite growth in a finite system. Yeah, what a dumb thing. That doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Not at all. Well, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk with me. This has been an awesome conversation. Okay, I feel like we, good. we yeah, went I, so I, many awesome places and yeah, I definitely great. learned a lot and took a lot from it. And um, I'm really grateful to you and, and the work that you're making and uh, taking the time to to speak with me um, about it and just to hear your thoughts. I think it's, um, it's really incredible. So y'all in the show notes, I'm going to have uh, links to Daniel's work, his Instagram. Um, and of course, Daniel, is there anything that comes up um, that you're doing any shows or anything that you want me to draw people's attention to? I'll be in touch with you um, about that so we can make sure to let people know. So very good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I, I enjoyed the conversation as well. It was, yeah, it was fun. It's a lot of fun, right? That's what we're here to do. Have fun and just exchange minds a little bit. And I think we we accomplished that today. So kudos to us. Yeah, right on. (laughs) Remember y'all, you are the rock. Okay. (laughs) There's no separation. I like it. Take care, Daniel. (laughs) Peace. Thanks, Martin. Yeah. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, If you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. uh, Give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on. And uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.